Hello, and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Camilla Jeffs. Camilla is passionate about helping women build wealth through passive investment opportunities. She holds an MBA and is skilled in business development, asset and portfolio management, market analysis, and so much more. She's a mama of five children and is showing them the way to open their minds to non-traditional paths through business building strategies. I love that, and I'm so inspired by this kind soul, and I have a feeling that you will be too. Enjoy. So Camilla, you have been investing in real estate for over 18 years. I am so curious about what drives your passion to create wealth? Oh, that's a great question. So for me, it's about um, empowerment. You know, so, you know, I really believe that a financially empowered woman is a force for good in the, in the world. And, uh, Creating wealth is just kind of a, a step to living a more purposeful life. And so for me, it's just been about how can I be really intentional about living my life, about raising my family, about you know, giving back to the community, and about teaching others how to also become financially empowered. And so, so that's what's really, really motivates me is, is just being more purposeful because I'm a really purposeful investor. I don't necessarily um, invest just for wealth, right? There's, there's, there's three things. I, like, I call it my investing trifecta. Nice. And in the investing trifecta, you really get three different types of returns. So you obviously you can get a financial return, a really good financial return by investing in real estate. Um, also, you can get a social return because the type of investments that I focus on are uh, apartment buildings, large apartment complexes that are in the blue collar neighborhoods. And so we're really providing housing, which is a basic necessity of life for people. And I care very deeply about my tenants. I want to make sure that they have just a really great place to live, that it's safe, it's clean, and they feel valued and taken care of. And then the third one in the trifecta is an environmental return because we really try to focus on reducing our carbon footprint by, um, you know, doing low flow toilets and, and faucets throughout the whole complex and, um, and focus on energy efficiency as well. And so it's really cool, really fun yeah. to really fun to do. Oh, absolutely. I love that holistic approach. I love your trifecta. I mean, it just touches on everything and um, no wonder you've been doing this for almost two decades because when you touch on that global kind of ecology, there's so many more chances for sustainability. So I absolutely mm -hmm. love that. Two questions came up. One, uh, how have you dealt with being um, an apartment building um well, manager after COVID or through COVID with all of the different financial impacts that people have been experiencing. Yeah. So it's been, it's been tough, right? And, and it's challenging. And I know that we're all in very challenging times. I mean, the amount of unemployment is just, just keeps going up and up and up. 
Um, and so what we're doing is we are trying really hard to work with our tenants and we want to make sure that they get all the information necessary to know where they can turn if they have lost their, their job or if they have a hardship related to COVID because we really don't want to just, you know, kick people out because the pandemic, right? I mean, it's just not, it's not our style. It's not how we work. Um, we want to definitely work with our tenants and take care of them. And in turn, they will be able to take care of us. So we, have, we do all sorts of creative ways of paying rent. So, you know, someone comes to us and they say, hey, I'm really sorry, I lost my job. I'm, I'm not going to be able to pay rent. And we say, well, could you play, pay half? Well, okay, yeah, I could come up with half. All right, let's do half this month. And then we'll add on the amount that you owed, um, you know, in small increments. We'll spread it out over the rest of your lease. Um, you know, just all sorts of creative things that we can do. But then we also are just educating, 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 making sure they know that there are resources. I mean, you can go and you can file for unemployment. And so you can get the, the um, you know, the government's going to try to take care of you, right? Try to help out so that you can pay your rent and pay for your groceries and pay for your, you know, the things that you need. Yeah, I love that. It really sounds like one of your core philosophies is empowerment. And I'm very curious, what is your backstory that made that such an incremental piece of what you do today? Yeah, so so my backstory is that uh, you know I I was raised in a in a family that um, where men and women had very separate uh, traditional duties, right? So a very traditional household uh, where the mother stayed home and the father went to work, and um, and then and that's how I started my path as well. So I stayed home and my husband went to work. I had five babies, and uh, they're they're such great little kids. I I love my children, and uh, and then you know about about you know, five years in, I just, I felt like I was made for more. I felt like there was something more inside of me that I could really share with the world. And I felt like I had some God-given talents and abilities and skills, and I was blessed with a very intelligent mind. And I needed to use that to be a force for good. And so that's when I really started um, investing in real estate and, you know, started my own business in, in, the investment space. Um, and then I went on to start another business in music education. And uh, I'm starting another one now that's, that's more along the lines of financial education for parents, like teaching parents how to teach your children about um, financial education. And I just noticed too that, you know, throughout, I, I spent a lot of time reading books about finances and money and how to really manage it and, and to get control of it because I didn't want the money controlling me. Um, and what's sad is that our financial, or sorry, our educational system doesn't teach that, doesn't yeah. teach anything about money management and how to really do that. And so these right. kids leave the home and they become adults and they're frustrated and they're struggling and they get preyed on by credit card companies and then they're in all sorts of debt. And, and it's just this um, really big problem that I think that if more women were educated financially, we could solve this. We could definitely help solve this, this issue. That is such an inspirational story. I love it. Something I'm very, very curious about is what did it take it sounds like it took a lot of bravery and, and um, courageousness, but I, I'd love to know what it took specifically for you to make that decision or where that crossroads was coming from a very traditional household where the roles were very defined. Even though you had that gut instinct that you were meant for more, what, 
what was that like process like for you for listeners that are like, yes, I'm meant for more too, but I have this conditioning of right. the rules. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, the conditioning, it was something that was very challenging, um, really, really hard for me. And I had to really dig deep. um, And I I had to read a lot of books and I had to, I really needed to see others who had gone before me. Um, And it wasn't until... um, probably my youngest child was three. So my, my youngest of five children was three that I said, you know, what? I've, I've got to, I've got to do something. And, and I, and I decided I wanted to try to, to get a real job. So I'd done a lot of, you know, entrepreneurship stuff and I, and I've been um, doing some education, but I thought, well, maybe I should, you know, try the real corporate career. And I put, and I applied for 45 different jobs Wow. And I got a couple of interviews turned down for all of them, all of them. Wow. And, and I looked at, and I looked at my resume and I said, you know, my skills are there. I mean, I have amazing organizational skills. I mean, heck, I'm a mother of five, right? Like <laughs> how could you, you not be managed. organized? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then I'd done all sorts of volunteering. I've been a, you know, I've been an athletic coach, right? So I had a lot of skills that I could provide to a workplace, but the workplace couldn't see that. And so, you know, a lot of women, we have this challenge of we have this um, gap, right? This gap in our years. So sometimes you take some time off to raise children and then you go back and you're penalized for that time that you took off. Um, and so I thought, you know, okay, well, maybe I need more education. Maybe I need something bigger on my resume. So I decided to get my MBA. And an MBA was a big step because my undergrad degree was in English education because I thought I was going to be a high school teacher. Uh, because again, that's another uh, traditional path that seemed you know simple, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went and I decided to get my MBA, and I was I was blown away because it it took a long time to study for that the GMAT and to pass that test, and I didn't pass it the first time. I passed the second time, and I had increased my score by like a hundred points the second time because I was determined, and then got in my MBA. And that's where I really had the wrestle with the traditional um, conditioning that I, that I, you know, learned. And I really had to understand that, um, and I, and I'm a woman of faith too. And so it was kind of a wrestle that I was having with God and the world. And, and, uh, and I knew I was meant for more. And I was a professor that really helped me. And it was a female professor and she kind of looked at me and she said, do you think God gave you all these talents and abilities just for your children? And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't. She's like, no. She's like, your children are going to benefit greatly and your children are going to be amazing human beings because of the, uh, of what you can give them, but you have way more to give and people need you. And, and then this is what stuck me. She said, you're being selfish by not wow. sharing. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know? and, I uh, love that. I love those kind of mentors. They can say it straight and yeah. they really can change the whole course of your future. So bless that professor. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> I love that. Um, I'm interested, though. I'd love for you to explain the difference between the income gap and the wealth gap for women. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the income gap, we talk, we hear about the income gap all the time, right? So the income gap is one that we're, we're you know, 70 cents, women make 70 cents on the dollar. Now, of course, there's theories out there that refute that, say that it's not real, right? But um, I believe it's real. But the wealth gap is even bigger. Um, the wealth gap is almost 50% gap. And so what, what happens is that 
um, men are the ones who control the majority of the wealth in the, you know, in the world. Right. And, uh, and then if you think about what would happen, and this is one of my theories, right? What would happen if women controlled more of the wealth than men? How would our world be different? Mm. Because I think that women, as women, we really like to, um, we want to take care of our communities. We want to take care of our children. We will do um, as much as we can to use that wealth for good. Um, and I, and I truly believe that. And I think that the, the more that we can empower women to build wealth and then the better our world is going to be. Yeah. What's one step that we can take to independently start growing our own wealth? Great question. So, you know, I'm a big fan of real estate. I've been in real estate for, you know, almost, almost 20 years. And, uh, and I think real estate is where, um, if you think, if you, you know, you look at the stats, about 95% of millionaires own real estate. So mm-hmm. it's a really important asset to have Impressive. in your portfolio. Mm-hmm. So if you have not yet invested in real estate, I think that's the next step for sure. You need to start using, uh, putting your money to work. And, and there's a there's a really cool way to do it, and this is the you know what I've learned over 18 years. I've tried all sorts of them. I mean, I know how to wield a hammer. I can like build. I can rehab my own house, um, and use all the power tools. And my children know all of that stuff too. But mm-hmm. it's not always the most practical, and it's really steep learning curve. So mm-hmm. I think the easiest way to invest in real estate is through what I what's called passive investing. So if you think about money that you put in the stock market, because remember that's, that's traditional. I'm sure that, you know, every financial advisor you've gone to said, oh, okay, just put your money in the mutual fund. Um, and that's, and that's great. Right. So all you do is you put your money in the mutual fund and then someone else manages that money for you. Right. Kind of a set it and forget it. Sure. Well, there's a way to do that in real estate as well. And that's called passive investing in a, it's a, called a syndication. Now syndication is just a fancy word for group investment. So it's just a group of us that get together that buy a big apartment complex rather than just buying a single house on your own and having to manage it and do all the things yourselves. You, go, you, you start with a group and you as the passive investor do exactly what you did with your mutual funds. You put your money into the real estate asset, you set it and forget it, and you let the professionals like me and my team manage that. And, and then you get to benefit from it. And there's three really huge benefits that you'll get from investing in real estate. So number one is you're going to get cash flow. So you're going to get monthly cash flow. And this is money that you can live on, right? This is money that could actually start replacing your own income. It's a passive income stream that could come in for you. Number two, you're going to get huge tax benefits. The majority of my investors, of uh, people who invest with me, in the, in the end, don't have to pay taxes on the money that they're getting back from their investment. Now, why is that? Are we cheating the system? No, we're not cheating the system. I am, you know, I'm very much an upholder. If you read Gretchen Rubin's, you know, four tendencies, right? I follow rules and I read all the rules and and my daughter makes fun of me for it. I love it. Compliance is a good thing. I'm right there with you. (laughs) So, so we follow every rule, but the government needs our help as, as investors to provide housing for the millions of people who need it. They can't do it themselves. And so they incentivize us as investors to, and give, give us like big tax breaks so that we can do that. 
And then the third great benefit from investing in real estate is um, appreciation. So if you're investing in the right markets that are appreciating, then at the end of the investment, you'll get a large sum of cash to to come back. And typically we try to we try to double money in about five years' time. So whatever amount you put in, you try to double it in five years. That doesn't always happen, right? You have to remember that this an investment is an investment and sometimes they do great, sometimes they don't do great, but it's still a very uh, quality, solid way to build wealth. That's so exciting. I'm such a firm believer of diversifying your portfolio, not only your financial portfolio, but also the portfolio for solopreneurs when they are creating the wheel of all the different avenues that they could bring income in. Big fan of passive income. I think that we're seeing now more than ever in the global pandemic, that if you put all of your eggs in one basket, it is really a cause for turbulence. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? A place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked, and be around people that just get you. Well, there is my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe, women who are on the solopreneur journey just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance and request to join my private women developing brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance. I'll catch you there. I'm wondering the um, risk side of things for people that are new to this avenue of passive income through real estate. Can you talk a little bit about risk and how to um, manage or mitigate risk? You bet. So the the risk in investing in a a real estate investment is that, um, number one, the biggest risk is that the people you invest with do not execute the business plan. So often the business plan will be to go in to fix up the apartments, make them safer, cleaner, nicer, and then we raise rents a little bit um, and tenants are always happy to pay for a nicer place. Um, And then by doing that, we increase the value of the asset and that's how you're going to get that steady cash flow and the appreciation at the end. Um, So that's the biggest risk, right? So you could put your money in and you could, you know, the business plan isn't executed properly. And so then you don't get as much as you thought you would get in the beginning. Now, I do have to say there's always the risk that you'll lose all your money. Just like we saw in the stock market, you... Uh, people lost a lot of money in what happened in the stock market crash earlier this year. Yes. So there, that is always a risk. And so you should never invest with your last 
penny, right? I'm a firm believer in having a cash emergency fund just sitting in a bank. I know it's not sexy. It doesn't make much money, right? But you need to have just some cash sitting there just in case. And then the other... Yeah. And then the other money that you invest with is money that you don't need. Right. Um, and so, so also you need to understand that a real estate investment is not a liquid investment. Mm -hmm. So you, you can't get your money out, say if you need it in a year, you know, you have an emergency, you need it in a year. Now, we try it. We will, we will work with you. Um, if this, you know, if there's a true emergency, but just realize it's difficult to do because, um, someone else will have to buy you out is basically how it, how it works. Yeah, um, absolutely. Thank you so much for explaining that because I do think that, um, many people avoid investing because it's new and they're afraid the learning curve is going to be great. Um, and also they don't want to look foolish. They don't want to make a mistake. I'm curious what the number one fear that you see in female investors is right now in your arena? Yeah. So the number one fear is, is of course, it's, it's new, right? So I, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not sure. You know, I have this analysis paralysis going on. And, and then also, um, a lot of women struggle with their relationship with money too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how do we, you know, do I, some people hoard it because they've had a bad experience. Um, others just spend it like crazy when they're feeling bad, you know, like there's just really different relationships with money out there. So you need to understand your own relationship with money and you need to understand that money is just a tool, right? It's a tool that we have and no, it's not the most, you know, the best thing and no, our, you know, our goal in life is not to make the most of it. Our goal, is to use the tool for good. And so that's what you do. Now on the analysis paralysis side, um, I'm all about education. And so my business, I spend a lot of time making educational videos, may, you know, writing blog posts and just putting out as much information as I can. And then I'm, I'm happy to get on the phone with people and talk to them one-on-one -on -one and help them understand and I get it, right? The first time you invest, because these types of investments are not small dollar investments. These are bigger dollar investments. Sure. And, you know, the first time I did it, I panicked a little bit when I, you know, hit the wire, the money fund. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. But, you know, <laughs> nothing, um, I think fear can can just cripple you, right? And so you have to, you have to allow yourself to step into fear and to sit with it for a minute in order to move forward and progress. You're not going to progress if you don't get past that fear. 100%. And honestly, that same pattern is something that we see even in the entrepreneurial space. You know, we're all new at something. We all start at zero at some point, and then it's just through education. And two qualities that I very much hear and see from you and your story is perseverance and determination. And that combination gets you far in the entrepreneurial space. It sounds like you can very much overlay that philosophy or that pattern in investing as well. I'm curious what you find to be two or three of the top core values of your ideal clients. Yeah. So my ideal client is, is someone who has been working, you know, right. And so you've, you've built up some good income. You're at a, a good place in, in your life and you you're looking at your, your money and you're thinking, huh, I probably should do something more with what I have. Right. Like I've never, if you've never really studied investing, you've never really understood what to do. You've just kind of 
put the money in the 401k like they like your job told you to and maybe you started a mutual fund because that's what your financial planner told you um so so my favorite is women who are in that space mm-hmm. and who are just kind of starting to think i know that real estate's a good investment but I just don't know how, right? And just thinking about tenants and termites and toilets just like gets my head and makes my head spin. <laughs> the, I just the don't want to. It's like yeah. the opposite of your trifecta, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so, and so that's that's my favorite. And I get so excited when when women really take that next step and they just say, "Okay, I I know that this is going to be a good thing, and I know that this is going to bless my family because really, so real estate." Yeah. Yeah. And real estate can build that generational wealth as well. Um, there's amazing tax benefits where you could pass on all of your, your real estate investments to your heirs tax-free. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it really is. It's exciting. It's such a way to get in the driver's seat, take control, get the education and leave a legacy. In. And I know so many of our listeners, those are their desires. They want to make an impact they care about their community. So this is just such a wonderful and exciting conversation. One thing that I've been dying to ask you is you're a mama of five kids, which is incredible. And I'm wondering how you keep it all together. What is your work-life balance secret formula? <laughs> so the secret is there is no secret. It's just, <laughs> it's just messy. It's always messy and it's always going to be messy. And I think I've, you know, in the beginning, you know, there, there've been moments in my life and I'm like, why is this so hard? You know, but, but now I've come to realize to really enjoy, I, I, you know, the messy middle, right? I think that's where I am. It's just the messy middle. We figure things out and we work together. But I think what's, what's beautiful about it is that I try really hard to involve my children in my business. So for example, my oldest daughter is a tech whiz and she, she helps me build my website. My, my twin daughters, who are 15, they're learning video editing and they're helping me edit my videos. Oh, that is so cool. I I mean, all five of the children help us in our rehabs. And so, you know, one of our other specialties is, is rehabbing houses and they all know how to do it. And they're right there in the business. They know it, they are learning it. And then um, entrepreneurship is really fun. And, you know, we go on on drives and I'm always listening to podcasts about building your business and, and entrepreneurship. So they've all got the bug and I'm, and in fact, I'm so excited because my oldest daughter is, she just turned 18, graduated from high school, and she's launching her first business. And wow. uh, I'm helping her with that. And, and it's going to be, it, it's in the financial services because we just, that's just something we know. That's um, your jam. That's, that's so our exciting. jam. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And she's going to, she's going to teach college kids how to not be poor. And, uh, and how to really like Amazing. get through college debt-free because the student loan is, uh, you know, crisis, I call it a crisis, is just cripples those kids as they're coming out of college. Wow, what a service that is so needed. It's just, it's so inspirational. I love that you changed the story. I love that you um, really created a family of equality and unity. I really, that's, I'm very, very like passionate about empowering women that they can do anything, they can be anything. And what, even if our household said, no, this is the lane that you should be in. And this is, you know, work reserved for the men of the family. It's so exciting when you get to change the channel and you actually see that fruition come about from your offspring. So kudos to you, like deeply, I'm very touched by that. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's amazing. How can people learn more about you and, and uh, enter into your world? You bet. So I, my business is called Steady Stream Investments. It's playing on the you know, passive streams of income. And you can find me at my website. But I also have, I just want to offer to your listeners, I do have a free masterclass on passive investing that I've created. And you can get that from my website, just right there on the front homepage. You can, you can get your free masterclass. And it will walk you through all the basics, all the risks, all the how-tos, you know, from A to Z, exactly how to get there, how to do it, and what the results are going to be for you. And so oh, I'd love to offer that. Thank you so much. What a generous gift. I'll make sure to put that resource link in the show notes. And Camilla, you've shared so many bits and pieces of how to demystify passive income investing. But if you were to leave our listeners with a bright light wisdom, what would it be? Um, I'd like to leave you with this. So I struggled with perfectionism when, you know, in the beginning, and it took a lot of work on my part, deep internal work to allow myself to be okay with not perfect content, right? So not a perfect business, not a perfect family, you know, not, not perfect hair, right? Like all those things. And, and to get to a place in my life where I could fail and I could show um, my children and show others that failure is an important step in the process. And so, so for you, you know, for the listeners out there, I just wanted to encourage you to just take steps, right? Just like put something out there, you know, in your own business, you know, in your investing life, just take the next step and don't get hung up on making it perfect or amazing or, you know, exactly right because you can always tweak it and change it later. And, and so I think that's, that's something that has really helped me um, propel my business forward and really gain some traction in the last couple of years. Uh, thank you so much. What a valuable message. Enjoy the messy middle and just keep putting one foot in front of the other and taking action, even if it's imperfect action. Beautiful, Camilla. Thank you so very much for being here. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yeah, it was awesome. Until next time, my friend. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.